suddenly it's hard to breathe now and then i get insecure from all the pain i'm so ashamed i am beautiful no matter what they say words can't bring me down yeah hello hello again to episode 80 something we're still in the 80s it's a number it's somewhere between 86 and 89 i'm not sure where but somewhere of the feminine critique i'm emily i'm christine and on today's episode, we are going to talk about two movies, are we not? We are. I know. Breaking, breaking tradition We're of talking wacky, about guys. two movies. Yeah. I mean, no <laughs> other podcast does things the way we do things. Keeping it fresh. That's right. Uh, what are the two movies we're talking about? We are talking about a movie from sometime in the 90s. 1999. 1999. Um, Drop Dead Gorgeous. And a movie from last year, I think? Uh, yeah, it's the, the date is 2015, is 15, 16, whatever. Okay, I, I remember it being around last year, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, the Bronze. Yes. Yes. Now, these are two movies I picked. Yes, uh, oh, And also, you... we are not joined today by Jason. We were hoping to have Fozzie with us today, uh, but he was busy glamping in Ohio with many other podcasters, so he will have to join us for a future episode. Uh, two movies. I don't want to brag, but these make for a pretty appropriate double bill. Do they not? I don't want to give anything away about how I felt on this pairing. Interesting. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but that's that's just where we'll leave for you now. Look at it. It's just part of it. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, both are about um, young ladies in the middle of the country with funny accents competing for stuff. Yeah, and I would describe both as black comedies, which to me is the most polarizing of all genres. I think it is uh sure. Yeah, right? Cuz I mean, you could you could say the same of you know, comedies in general, you either find something funny or you don't. You could say the same for horror in that, you know, something scares you or it doesn't scare you and maybe if it doesn't scare mm-hmm. you, it doesn't work. But I think more specifically, black comedies are all about kind of establishing the line that they want to cross. And if if the sensibility isn't to your liking, and if you're in any way uncomfortable with the line, uh, I think it can make for the most miserable viewing experience if you're not lined up with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I often worry about black comedies and, uh, you know, giving them a chance or watching them with my husband for example usually I'll just never even try because I'm like uh you might hate it and you'll know very quickly if you hate it so let's not even try um but we'll find out where we both fell on these movies comedy and horror are hard to do well it's true they're easy to they're easy to mess up yeah the Oscars want to give awards to drama all the time but bullshit that's the easiest one you heard it here first. That's right. Yeah, I'm going on record with that. If we had t-shirts, it would be drama is the easiest one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag the feminine critique. Yep. All right. So before Us. we get to these movies, Christine, mm-hmm. it's been about a month since we've recorded. What have you been watching? Kind of a lot. Ooh, exciting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow through these. 
I think. I'm also going to have to pick what my streaming pick is before I do it. Um, so we got sh- we we have HBO because of our new cable package up here. Oh, nice. Um, it just happened to happen. We don't really pay for it extra. It's just there. It's just there. But then Good. we got Showtime because of Twin Peaks starting back up. Right, right. I would imagine. So some of these I streamed through Showtime, which doesn't really feel fair. Mm. Um. Oh, I know which one I'll pick. Okay, good. I was just talking until kill time. All right. So, <laughs> well done. So I, I never I would watched, have known. Woohoo. I watched the original Salem's Lot. Ah, okay. Which um, I had never seen. You had never seen it. Okay. So it. I know that is one that some of our friends like mark as their, one of their like childhood scares. I also had only seen it a couple of years ago and I liked it, but I, I didn't love it. And I think um, that's one of my favorite of Stephen King's books. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the series of the miniseries? I I liked it. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very. It was fun to watch. It moved a lot faster than I expected mm-hmm. it to. Um, I really like the update with Chad Lowe. Rob <laughs> with, Lowe, oh, not no, Chad Rob Lowe. Lowe, not it's Chad Rob. Lowe. It's Rob, Rob Lowe. <laughs> Sorry, the, my default Lowe is Chad for some reason. <laughs> you not Hillary Swank. Whoop. Um. But I liked it a lot. Like, I walked away from it with, like, a positive feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Joe Hooper, good. right? Yeah. Yeah, just pretty neat. I, I liked it. So, rented that. So, that was um, an actual disc. Um, it was it was fun to I watch didn't it. didn't know that was... that was on disc. For some reason, I thought that was, um, on, like, really went out of print or something but i'm it might be a very it might have been a very old i'm almost 100 percent sure it wasn't a blu-ray it so it would have had to have been an older dvd i think the compression was weird on it too so which leads me to think it was a bit older gotcha but um i liked it um a movie i didn't like was the new ring movie so rings okay i only saw the first one (sighs) and this one is naomi watts in it or no no. Okay. So is it connected directly to the first one? Well, yes. Yeah, okay. But like nobody's in it. But like okay. I mean, she's in Samara, I guess is her mm-hmm. name. I can't remember. But I can't I couldn't couldn't even begin to tell you why I didn't like it. That's how much I disliked it. I just purged it from my brain and decided to never think about it again. Except for today. Except for now. Um I I watched Wolfen. Have you ever seen Wolfen? Is that the one with Jack Nicholson? No. No. Okay, then no. I know. I kind of know the movie you're talking about, and I know I have not seen it. Wolfen was really boring. Mm. Albert Finney was in it. And I like Albert, Albert Finney. Albert Finney, he's my favorite um, Scrooge. He's, he makes a good singing Scrooge. He's great. Also, Edward James almost plays a Native American in it. <laughs> that's, that's appropriate. Which is... It just feels a little weird. So I, I think Zach picked it because he thought it was going to be a were- werewolf movie, but it's more of like a, a skinwalker wolf movie. Ooh, okay. Like, not, like not a werewolf, but like for realsies wolves. Yeah, I can't decide if that's a good thing or not. It, it for this purpose for me it wasn't. Uh-huh. I think people do have a bit of like fond remembrance of this movie. I'm glad I watched it. It has some fantastic old New York shit in it. Ooh, fun. Which is my favorite. Yes, that is so always that fun. Kept, that kept me entertained. <laughs> when in doubt. Um, but, like, for the... I was just kind of like, oh, this is this is what this movie's about? Alright, well, maybe it'll be over soon. 
nine um, hours later. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's ever, I'd like to... Because you, you like werewolf movies, right? Well, no. See, no. Usually, I don't. Uh, I, I just find, in theory, I feel like there's potential, but... I think they usually look stupid on camera. And I can actually, yeah. one of the movies I watched this month was a werewolf movie. Uh, they just, it's impossible to make them look good, it seems. Mm-hmm. And most of them end up being very, as far as like the themes, they always just come down to like masculinity or female sexuality. It's like, yeah, okay, what else are you doing with that? Oh, nothing? Oh, okay. So, I, because I don't really like them either. Yeah, they're my least favorite monster of any I don't know movie why monster. I thought you did. No, I think um, I keep trying to. I keep feeling, because I know so many people that are huge werewolf fans. And, like, I kind of always feel left out. Like, it's, like, the way I feel whenever I go anywhere where, like, modern music is playing and everybody's into it. And I'm like, uh, show tunes. So I always kind of feel like maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not giving them a chance. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like how, how I used to feel about Michael Mann as a film director. Yeah, I always found I was bored by everything, and I and I felt like oh, but all my movie friends really like his stuff, and then then I gave Manhunter a second watch, and I love it. And now I'm like maybe I was wrong about some of his stuff. Yeah, so I keep waiting for that to happen with werewolves. But yeah, I I, I usually feel like I show up, I come to the table, mm-hmm. and there's nothing there for me. Yeah, and I'm yep. like oh well, so eventually I'm gonna learn to stop showing up. Yeah, I hear um, you. I do, but. Zach, for some reason, really enjoys them, or in theory, he enjoys them as well, because <laughs> he will he will actively seek them out. Because I think what was it last week like Bad Moon, or last time we recorded that another werewolf one, he yeah. was like super jazzed about checking out. But f- yeah, it's kind of like I'm lukewarm on, at, on it at best. But hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't like I. I it's let me give you an analogy. So I have several cats, as you know, as most people mm-hmm. know. And one of them, Mookie, <laughs> loves boxes. No matter what, if you put a box down, he will go and he will try to sit in it, even if he doesn't fit. And every once in a while, that box will still be sitting out there. And my cat, Joplin, will, like, walk over to it and, like, jump inside of it and just kind of stand there. And she'll sit down. And, like, you could see her just trying it out and trying to understand what he sees in boxes that she doesn't. Uh, that's kind of how I feel when I watch a werewolf movie. It's like, maybe, maybe I'll get it. Mm, No, no. And I do have one theory, which is that where the problem visually with making a good werewolf is that wolves walk on all fours. And no matter how good a contortionist you are, human beings' bodies just can't be done to look right as wolves. Mm-hmm. And so movies keep trying, but no matter what, it just looks like a dude occasionally jumping on all fours and hopping around. And it just never looks right. And I think, I mean, somebody will yell at me for saying this. I think CGI is the only way you can do it, maybe in a way where, it, or use, you know, maybe um, an amputee or somebody that has limbs that are differently proportioned than human limbs Mm -hmm. uh but i say that and we know cgi wolves have never looked good because maybe we're just not there yet i don't know but yeah no just not my thing yeah um i don't know i'll I'll let you know if i find a good one i kind of have a first one i tell i mean i'll i'll get to the one that i I liked but not because of the wolves but oh well i'm excited to hear about that um so uh we watched it not the new one Ah. Nice. Obviously. Um, 
I've never seen it, like, all the uh, way through. Have you read it? No, and I never want to. Why? <laughs> I'm disturbed by some of the things that I have been told about it, I, and I do yeah. not ever want it to go in my eye holes. I would, as far as the book goes, I read it um, two years ago while on vacation, and it, uh, the book It, as far as it <laughs> falls into all those Stephen King issues that everybody always has, especially in that it goes on 200 pages longer than it has to, not because you're not into it, but because it runs out of things to do, so it throws in stuff at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really annoying because it's so good other than that. Uh, but yeah, as far as the disturbing aspect of it goes, it actually really is. for And for Stephen King, I think it, it may be one of the most disturbing things of his that I've read. Yeah, so I'm good not ever. Mm-hmm. So what do you think I- of the uh, TV version of it? I hated most of it. Really? There was there was some stuff that I liked. Tim Curry. Tell me you like Tim Curry in it. I didn't realize that he was <gasps> okay. supposed to be funny and not scary. Oh, I th- I don't think he's supposed to be funny. I don't know. I didn't get it. I get I don't think I got it. Are you oh, are you not like <laughs> do you have immunity when it comes to being scared of clowns? I am not scared of clowns. See and I I am. Like not, you know, I can I mean, walk by was... a clown and I'm not going to pee my pants, but, like, if that <laughs> clown turned on me and said, Emily, I probably would pee my pants. He was unsettling, mm-hmm. and I love him, and once I kind of understood more what he was doing, I enjoyed it more. Like, I want, by the time we get to the scene in the library where he's just, like, on the balcony yelling yeah. at the dude from Night Court, whose name I can't think of right <laughs> this second... Um, that I was like, okay, well, I kind of understand now where what this this clown's sensibilities are. <laughs> so this to me is interesting. Um, but there there was some stuff that's just I don't know. I'm not going to complain about Stephen King again because you've heard me too many times. <laughs> there's just so much Stephen King shit happening. Oh, there's a lot of Stephen King shit in it. But there's some like there's some. I'm glad I watched it, and there's some interesting things, mm-hmm. and I think I got startled like once or twice in like a good way but it would that now that one's real long and it feels real long well yeah i mean it's i think two parts i think it's three it might be three actually am i lying maybe it's not three because we were about to watch the shining and that's three parts the shining is definitely three parts and the stand (laughs) is definitely four parts uh it's two it it could be three i'm thinking two because the next movie the film version is going to be two movies and, and i think everybody was trying and i you know, the book is, takes place, the book is written where it's constantly flashing back. So a character is in a moment, and then halfway through the page, it turns back into his, his memory of being a kid. Uh, and the movie, to my recollection, is kind of the same thing, right? Where It's, it's flashing back, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know with the film, I know when um, True Detective Guy was attached to it, it was going to be kids as movie one and adults as movie two i don't know if it's still doing that or that if it's is still heard. okay okay i'm i'm really excited for the film i really hope it's good. i'm i would like to see it as well like i'm i'm going i'm going to see it for sure um i'm glad i watched this mm-hmm. I, I don't know i i don't know what it is about stephen king like i'm like a, a weird stephen king miniseries compl- series completist but i very rarely <laughs> enjoy the experience like i don't know what my problem is um, so here's a movie that I, I think you've seen, and I really don't know your opinion on it, and I cannot wait to ask you about it. Um, Doomsday? 
Yes, like, I have seen Doomsday. The, I have the Neil Marple. Yeah, I have very definitive opinions on it. I didn't realize I was gonna hate it. You oh, you hated it. Now, why did you hate it? I had never I've, seen it. So, because let me tell you, I liked it a hundred times more the second time I watched it. And interesting. I, I'll explain why. It's a movie, and I compare, I compare it to Martyrs in this regard, and not that they're, they are not similar in any way, but they're both movies that constantly change what kind of movie you think you're watching. So when Martyrs starts, mm-hmm. it feels like it is a ghost story, and then it turns into yeah. sort of a home invasion, and then it turns into um, torture. And the first time I watched that movie, I kind of, I couldn't settle on it because I kept... Uh, not knowing where it was going and it meant I had a really hard time just sitting back and watching it and Doomsday does that too Mm -hmm. it starts off it's Escape from New York and now it's cannibalism now it's medieval jousting and so on and so the first time I watched it that really threw me off because I just I didn't know where to be at watching it and then revisiting it a few years ago I could sit back and enjoy it and enjoy just the utter craziness of it and have a good time hmm what did you not like about it? I thought it was goofy. Mm-hmm. Fair. I thought it was it was winky. Oh, you think? And a little bit overly fan servicing. I but I but like I think it was so fan servicey that it like completely stopped being a movie. That's fair. Like I didn't care about any char- I cared about one character. And then when that character died, I was really bummed out. Mm. But other than that, like, I just, I didn't really care about her. And I like um, Rona Mitra, mm-hmm. right? It's an A. Yeah, I think I so. I like her. I think she's fun and I like to watch her. I liked her when she was in Underworld. I liked that lady. And I was like, okay, well, so this is, oh, I, this movie's goofy. I didn't realize that. I thought it was going to yeah. be super serious. But it's, it's goofy. This is it, it crosses the goofy Christine line mm. where Emily's still okay and Christine's completely checked out. <laughs> like with um with uh Repo. That kind yeah. of thing. Like I I that that's Repo is a great line. I can't go there to get to right. that movie and you're like, Yeah, why not? <laughs> like, yeah, if, if as long as take the step, take the step, Christine. Just just there you I, go, push. Yeah. So I think this movie was was on that line and I didn't I so I often talk about expectations. I did not expect it to be that way. Hmm. Had I expected the tone to be as such, I might have been. And that's why I'm res- saying I wonder if in five yeah. years, if you happen to revisit it, if you're going to feel more positively about it. Because hmm. it's, it's possible. But- and, and the weird thing, too, with that movie is it doesn't fully tip its hand for a while. Like, mm-hmm. it start, like it's like you're buying it, everything as being kind of serious. And like, I remember there's a scene early on with the cannibals that's, like, really tense where, mm-hmm. you know, your heroes are trying to get away and they're stuck and you're like, oh, my God, they're not going to get away. But then shortly after that is when it kind of just goes off the rails and you're kind of like, I don't think I need to be invested in the people anymore. And so I think yeah, it's, it is unsettled about when it tells you what kind of movie it is. And I think that is part of its problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas something like Death Race, the, the recent Death Race that we both talked about right from the very first scene you know how wacky it is so you're like okay this is what i'm seeing yeah that's a good point so you're you're either i'm either on board or i'm not at that point if you right. spring it on me midway through i'm gonna be kind of confused yeah and if it if it works then it makes it really cool yeah but if it doesn't then it's it's disjointed and that's why movies like that i think for me 
often play better the second time. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So, yeah. Huh. I don't know if I'll ever look at it again, though. Sure. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to note to self, in five years, choose oh. Doomsday as our movie. On show number 98. That's right. <laughs> um, I watched a movie that I had never heard of, and I found it at the library, and it just looked interesting. It's called The Ones Below. I don't know. And it's not scary. It's like a, kind of like a thriller, like a twist thriller about okay. like two couples that live in like a, a building together, one on the top floor, one on the bottom floor, and each woman is pregnant, and like bad shit happens, and like it's kind of like hand that rocks the cradley and okay. like unreliable narrator mm-hmm. so that's a huge recommend i did find it in the library so i don't know how readily available well, it means is. my library will have it or it can order it from your library oh well that's good good to know <laughs> that's how that it works. takes a week journey <laughs> um but i liked it a lot so i figured it was worth mentioning cool um i have a movie called obsession written down and i don't know what it is so i'm gonna skip it oh god that sounds like um, it could be a thousand movies it, right i have no idea um it's not obsessed with beyonce i believe and you um, um for was it from the 70s was it from I the no idea oh no it is from the 70s it's or 1970s. the 60s 76 brian de palma it is. It's the oh, home movie. God, okay. It's wrong. Glad to help you out. Hello. Welcome, Thanks. welcome to the day, Christine. <laughs> um, okay, so I had never seen this this um, De Palma movie. I have to bring it up so I remember it. There it is. I had never seen it. Um, for me, it was not awesome. Okay. Um, it, And I will argue this with anybody who cares to argue, but I don't think anybody will. It is maybe one of the most Hitchcockian De Palma movies there are. Just not in theme, but in tone. Like, it's mm. very stock. Um, it felt a little long. It's it's De Palma and Paul Schrader, too. So yeah, I, I had super-duper high hopes for it. And, and the story Lithgow just didn't really work for me. Even with John so. Lithgow? I know! He's so good in it, too! He's always um, I'm super glad I watched it, because I'm a bit of a completist, mm-hmm. and I've been holding out on a few of them. But this was not. I mean, I don't know if I'll revisit it if, unless I have like a serious reason to. Gotcha. Um, have you but, watched that De Palma documentary where it's just him talking about yes. his movies? I loved it. Okay, because I haven't watched it in part because I know I haven't seen all of the ones he talks about. I think you would like it. Okay, it's just, it's really interesting. I have to see a lot of movies first. <laughs> um, Zach had never seen Lady in the Water, so we watched Lady in the Water. I've never seen Lady in the Water. Is it as bad as I imagine it to be? it's yes but no because there's interesting stuff in it okay i this is the third time i've seen it um i hate it i don't well that's strong i don't like it but there's this weird thing that keeps bringing me back mm. and it i start yelling about it so like there's something there okay that that piques my interest enough to get me like like revved up or... about it okay. yeah I hear what you're saying. um you should watch it though one day one day when one you have day. No, literally run out of things to watch. <laughs> um, so this is a bit. This is a recommend for you, and I think we should cover it. Is when the bow breaks. Oh yeah, I want to watch that. Is that I, is it streaming anywhere? No, a library movie. Okay, again. that's okay. I can get it from Netflix. I have feelings about this movie. Okay. I don't want to tip my hand. Though. Okay. I, I, when I was seeing the trailers, because I feel like they, they played the previews for it a lot during Pretty Little, Pretty Little Liars. 
Um, so I feel like I've seen yeah. it advertised a lot, and I was like, oh, that looks like a fun. That looks like the kind of movie I'll enjoy, but mostly if other friends watch it. So. Oh, yeah, you should watch it. Um, okay. So I had always been curious to see that Jim Carrey movie, The Number Twenty Three. Mm-hmm. Do you know that movie? I do. Is that also Stephen King? Or I'm thinking think of so. Room Secret 1411 window? or something. Oh, 1408. 1408, whatever. Which I have also seen multiple times and scream at the television during. Um, <laughs> or is the number 23 um, Jill Schumacher? Let's see. Oh my god, it is. It is. You you completely nailed it. I yep. couldn't think of who it was. Any good? <laughs> it, was so, it was so bad. <laughs> but it was on, it was like on HBO and I had always been curious. Sure. I feel like, like 14 year old me would have liked it. Okay, that's. I feel like that's true of a lot of Joel Schumacher movies for me. <laughs> I think Joel Schumacher was my fourteen-year-old aesthetic. Joel Schumacher <laughs> might be fourteen. Like he, he may have been like frozen in time at fourteen, I, and then he just wears makeup. I think he might be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I another movie that I love hate so much and talk about constantly is the Mothman prophecies, <laughs> which I have also never sat down and watched. <laughs> And that's on HBO too, so I finally made Zach watch it because I talk about it a lot. <laughs> you do talk about it a lot. I don't know why. Um, I decided that we needed to watch all of um, his name's Richard Kelly, right? I just blanked out all the Richard Kelly movies. Um, so Ooh. I watched Donnie Darko, Southland Tales, and The Box. Uh, I have seen two of the three. I've I've not seen The Box. Um, really? I would have thought it would have been Southland Yeah, Tales. you know, I always meant to, and I just never got around to it, and it was never, like, streaming in front of me where it was easy to watch. Um, Donnie Darko, I liked enough when I saw it in college, and then I know the director's cut sort of... I don't even want to talk about the well, director's cut. that's the thing. Cut. It's, like, one of those movies where when the director's cut came out, everybody... It was, like, the dumbest thing he could have done career-wise, because it basically said, oh, you're not the genius... Like you had editors, and that's why this movie is so good, kind of thing. Yep. They uh, the director's cut is the one we ended up watching. We. Um, I knew it was different. I and I I think I knew about like just the blocks of text on the screen, mm-hmm. um, which to me isn't a deal breaker. What what I was really surprised about was the complete uh, the music changes, like, and oh. that's for me one of the most affecting things about that movie mm. is. The, the, what music is used when and 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 then it's completely changed like huge big sweeping scenes are completely different the tone has changed and I thought oh I think I just liked this song I don't think I like what you actually did <laughs> so um, I will never watch the director's cut again but mm-hmm. I will always have a place in my heart for the actual like the theatrical sure. cut that I that I fell in love with um, Southland Tales is worse than I remember, and the box is just as middling with okay. an interesting idea. Yeah. So I don't know. I forget that Southland Tales is that much of a mess. But I get weirdly, I get Southland Tales confused with the Donnie Darko sequel. Oh, S. Darko. Yeah, I get them mixed up in my head all the time. So to me, it's just one giant movie, even mm-hmm. though they are not related to each other in any way. Um, I'm unable to... I think I watched them around the same time, so I'm just unable to separate them. Interesting. I still haven't seen S. Darko. It's I not think... good, but I could also be thinking of Zeppelin Tales. <laughs> I'm sure that could be said about both of them, exactly. to be fair. Um, I watched the Anthony Weiner documentary. 
Oh, okay. I've heard great things about it, but I feel it is, like it would just be really kind of um, upsetting to watch right now when you kind of start reading things into, wait, is this why we're in the situation we're in? You want to scream at the television for an hour and a half? No, Go no, I'm it. okay. I do yeah. that watching Mets games. I liked it. It was, it was a really, it was a well done documentary. Like it was structured well and mm-hmm. it was just really infuriating. Yeah. That's my um, I finally watched the bling ring, which is a movie that oh, I've, wanted to see. I've wanted to see that. And it kept coming on and off Amazon prime. Yeah. I, I had it saved on prime for a while. Yeah. I, Got it from the library just to force myself to watch mm-hmm. it. And what'd you think? Um, I liked it. Yep. Um, it was fun and exactly what I expected. Mm-hmm. It's a good cast. So, it really is. Um, what is this movie? I don't remember it, so I'll skip it. Um, I, I illegaled a movie, and I'm going to skip that because I don't want to talk about it until I know where everybody else can see it. And then I saw a terrible movie called Within that was on, I think, Showtime? Like, I don't know it. Go, Showtime Go. I don't know what they call that. Um, and it was about, it, it did this thing. And you know what I realized is like a subgenre is, hey, there's a dude li- or a person living in the walls. Isn't that you, weird? That, you're a fan of that. Yeah. This is that movie. There's a dude living in the walls. Hey, so it's like Bad Ronald, but different? Hashtag isn't that weird. Yeah. Um, it's so like the boy, he lives in the walls. Oh, spoiler, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and then there's movies where people live in walls and then you think maybe somebody thinks it's maybe a ghost or mm-hmm. it's like oh i'm going crazy and it's wall people i like wall so, people so this was a wall people movie was it any good i mean sure for a wall person movie. <laughs> for a wall person movie <laughs> I, mean, I mean it was better than i expected we kind of just put it on to have okay. something on and i got wrapped up in it um, gotcha. I, like the beats of it, like I was calling shit left and right, like, now they're going to go do this. And then this person's going to see this. And then, and like, if you're going to do a wall person movie, I don't want it to be the wall person movie I've already seen. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and that's it for me because I don't know what this other movie is. <laughs> well, Movies you... need to... Oh no, it's the Halle Berry kidnap movie. Oh. Called Wait. Kidnap. Movies oh, need to have Is that titles. the one that's produced by WWE? Oh, is it? Maybe. I didn't... Man, if it said that at the beginning, I completely missed it. Okay. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I could now. be wrong. Did it have a body slam in it? No. Okay. No. I, I do not see them come up right away. Um, I could be thinking of a different one. I said Rumble Entertainment? I don't know what that is. It's probably not the same that thing. sounds like an offshoot <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, this um, one's not this... good enough. Up, it's not up to the standards of see no evil. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, form a, a, you know, a subdivision yeah. for uh, our lesser movies. Rumble yeah, we're going to make it like the Miramax. Um, I, this movie is um, exactly what you expect it to be. Okay. It's a kidnap car movie. But I do, you know, my, my love of car chases and like hot pursuits and mm-hmm. stuff so so it, it, it had that for you yeah okay well, and that's good. it that was a ton i'll shut up now that's okay go uh, go, go. Okay, okay okay here's my list um i finished uh the series of friday night lights it is on had, had you watched it all before no 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 i was like in the process of watching it oh i don't know why i thought have you been watching it for a very long time yeah i, I mean it's five seasons and they're short that's- seasons but it's still like 100 hours or something of programming that i had to get through um 
And overall, like, I did really enjoy it. I'm glad I watched it. That's a show that I had the same problems at the end that I had at the beginning, which was this show is so good as far as its characters go. And I loved the filming style. I loved the performance style. I think, you know, everybody on that show found a really interesting note to play and played really real people. Um, Just some of the storytelling was so frustratingly either predictable or lazy and a lot of it would just kind of when a storyline wasn't working they just kind of abandon it um but i'm glad i watched the whole thing it has some of the best performances i think i've ever seen on tv uh kyle chandler and and connie Britton are like there's not enough words for what they do like it's just beautiful to watch them interact as a couple and to play these characters that they clearly knew inside and out so well Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's it's on Netflix Instant, and I would recommend if you're looking for a series, people out there that like series to watch, you can watch the whole thing knowing that, aside from a couple of storylines that are never resolved, the show ended when it was planning to end, is in a sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So on Netflix Instant, I watched a movie called The Innocents, or Los Innocentes, if you are okay. speaking in its original language. This movie is was made in Argentina, I believe. Uh, it is about, and it kind of just showed up on Netflix, and I'm like, okay, this has an interesting story sounding to it, and it was under the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is about, it's set during the late 19th century or mid-19th century in Argentina on a plantation where there is slavery, and it's sort of crazy things happen. 15 years later, the son of the plantation owner comes home with his pregnant wife, and maybe there's a ghost because um, when his terrible white parents treated slaves terribly, maybe they put a curse on the land and stuff. Um, I, this was an odd, I don't know where I ultimately stood on this because it wasn't quite, uh, I don't know what genre you would ultimately call it. It was mm-hmm. kind of a ghost story, but it didn't really feel like you would put this on a shelf next to other kind of horror ghost stories. Yeah. Uh, it's beautifully shot it is uh, i mean it must have had a good budget to it it's a period film the costumes are this great. is a new movie it's new yeah maybe from a year or two ago uh, yeah i'm looking it up right now yeah um, it's uh it feels uh, epic in pretty. some sense just because it is period set and it has a fair amount of characters where you know there's a lot of different backstory and all of this and then it just ends so abruptly that it made for a really frustrating watch because I feel like this could have been something really, really big, I guess. And it doesn't quite get there. Uh, and it just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of setup and then a very sudden conclusion. Hmm. But uh, this is probably only like the second or third Argentinian film I've ever seen, which. I like to try to see movies from countries that don't, you know, show movies readily here. Mm-hmm. And it is a, certainly it's a well-made film. So if that's a worry that you have with kind of untried movies, then no, this is a, a well-made film. Um, and you might dig it. Like, I think there's, there's stuff here. Uh, it looks really cool. Like just going by the images that are available on right, IMDb. Right. It's beautiful. I mean, the yeah, it looks really like lush and yeah, stuff. it is beautifully shot. I mean, they're on location somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> unlike other movies where they 
<laughs> nowhere. Don't exist anywhere. Yeah, it like I don't it's a sort of recommend because I want more people to see it, but I can't say that it's fully satisfying. How did you watch it? In Netflix Instant. It was on Instant? Okay. Yeah, and it's downloadable. So if you like to do that, then you can. So I will look for it. Yeah, I'm, I'd be really curious if you watch it, what you think. It's not that long. I think it's like an hour 40, but it f- kind of feels longer, and it feels like it should be longer in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm again, if anybody watches it, please let me know what you think, because I'm very curious. Uh, documentary via Netflix, The Lovers and the Despot, about the South Korean couple he was a uh film director his ex-wife was a very famous actress and basically they were kidnapped by kim kim jong-il in the mm-hmm. late 60s uh and they had to make movies while there for north korea so this is uh always a case that i found fascinating because it is a fascinating situation mm-hmm. um and there's a lot more to it the film doesn't uh, as a movie, this documentary was a little frustrating because it definitely feels like the subject is more interesting than the movie kind of got to, I think. Um, they, The uh, director, whose name I can't remember, uh, he's dead now, but his wife is still alive. So she's talking to the filmmakers, which is great. And it's fascinating to hear her talk about it. Um, part of the problem is nobody ever... concluded whether he went there willingly or whether he was kidnapped Mm -hmm. it seems accepted that no he was kidnapped but at the time because he was in financial trouble a lot of people thought no maybe he really did just leave South Korea in order to be able to make movies Um, so it's kind of like you feel like for this 90 minute documentary that they're kind of wasting some time because they're presenting this mystery but then they don't solve it and really then in the meantime you're thinking but I want to learn more about what it was like there and what it was like coming home. So it, to me, it wasn't the best documentary just because it kind of, I had so many more questions it didn't seem to want to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a fascinating case. And I think the way the movie is put together is kind of interesting because what they, they obviously don't have film of these two in North Korea, but they take the actual movies, both the ones they made in South Korea and the ones in North Korea, and mm-hmm. like use some of that footage to kind of express what's happening. So I liked that as an approach. Uh, I just kind of felt like I wanted more of the actual case, I guess. Hmm, interesting. That um, I, that makes me feel like I wouldn't enjoy it. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I was just more curious and you know wanted more. But it's the case itself is fascinating, and I think they're like I, one of them or both of them may have written a book about it. So I may just track that down. Hmm. Um, upon your non-recommendation but recommendation <laughs> like you didn't okay. like it but you kind of wanted me to watch it uh, and I was going to watch it anyway now on Netflix Abattoir ah uh, yes Avatar. yeah I also you're saying Avatar wrong oh. <laughs> yes remember your favorite movie of last year Avatar um, <laughs> which by the way have I, I have a theory about Avatar so, do you keep hearing the same complaints that I do of all people complaining? Like, our movie friends are like, why is James Cameron making Avatar movies? Yeah. And people keep always keep bringing up, like, Avatar is still, by a huge margin, the number one film of all time. Yeah. And people seem really angry about this because they feel like this movie doesn't 
like no movie people talk about it like nobody they know talk about it mm-hmm. my theory is avatar is the movie for non-movie people that just don't talk about movies mm-hmm. so that's why all of like our facebook friends complain about avatar being the number one movie of all time but all of the other people in the world of which there are much more um just for whatever reason avatar really struck a chord for them so they're yeah. gonna go all go see avatar 2 and i'm i'm predicting it right here avatar 2 is going to be huge wow hot i'm uh, more hot takes that's right um <laughs> i've never seen an avatar so it's i mean it, it's not as bad as some people wanted it to be it's not it's i think it's good i think it's okay um i think it's perfect for what it was um i i am also in the camp of but how is that the number one movie of all time except again i think no this for for whatever reason there's like a immunity that movie quote-unquote people have to avatar but everybody else in the world because that explains why it's still number one but anyway so I'm yeah. using this as a platform so that I can say I was right when Avatar 2 does well. Anyway, Abattoir, not to be confused with Avatar. Mm-hmm. I forgot how we got there for a second. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a great idea. It's such a great idea mm-hmm. for a movie. And it has cool things going on visually, and it has a good cast. Um, I am always happy when Lin Shay shows up. Me too. She's fantastic, and you should become her friend on Facebook because she's so positive. Um, And Joe Anderson, I really like. I think he's – I'm surprised he hasn't had a bigger career, but I don't mind because it means he keeps showing up in horror films, so I'm happy. Uh, But it just – it doesn't – I don't know. Like, what what about this movie didn't work? What do you think it is? Um – I thought it was confusing. Yeah. So I, I'm having a hard time remembering specifics about it. Like, I mean, I know that it was like a guy was taking pieces of houses where He's bad things murder were rooms. happening. He's making like the ultimate and, haunted house in and, a sense. But then there was also the town. There's the town. There's the fact that the lead girl from 90210 and Hallmark movies is like, oh, her mother must be from the town because she's adopted. And so there's like a mystery, yeah. and for some reason yeah. she dresses like it's 1945. There was a lot of stuff, and I was very yeah. There was in the a beginning. lot of stuff happening. Yeah, it's just, it's trying to do a lot of things, and it's ultimately not that good. So I was disappointed because yeah. I know some people that loved it. Yeah, I don't understand. No. Like I, I get like being like lukewarm on it. Yeah, and I get hating it, but I don't really understand why. Like, what is there for someone to really like latch onto? Yeah, and I overall usually like Darren Lynn Bowsman. I think he's mm-hmm. not an amazing director, but I like that he's seems to really enjoy directing horror films. Uh, and I think he's made some 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 really good ones, some okay ones, but he definitely approaches his films with like with enthusiasm, I feel like. Yeah. And I think this had that. It just feels like a mess. And I don't know if it's where that mess if it's the script or if it's just putting it together or what but i was disappointed Mm -hmm. um so now the werewolf movie i was telling you about yay all right so i don't know who recommended it or if i just if somebody didn't recommend it but i thought the title sounded like another title that i'll get to later when i give my streaming recommend um late phases is on netflix instant okay Uh, that sounds familiar i need to see it it is directed by the guy who did um 
Uh, here comes the devil. Yes. Ah, Nick Dimitri. Yes, Nick Dimitri yes, 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 is yes. in it. And fuck yes. yeah, Nick Dimitri. I love this man. I love Nick Dimitri. So I still haven't seen this, but I 100% know what it is. And I think I almost got it one of the last times I was at the video store. I th- it's, it is streaming on Netflix. So Okay, good to know. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Really? Yes. All right, well, I'm watching it. Now, here's the thing. Um, there are werewolves, and the werewolves look stupid. Um, like they look really bad. <laughs> Review over. That's. I mean, the, I was watching this movie and I was like so dis because I'm so into it, and then a part of me got, got like disappointed because I remembered, oh shit, this is a werewolf movie. There's going to be more werewolves and they're going to be stupid, and they are. The werewolves are stupid. But here's the thing: this movie is mm-hmm. set in a retirement community. Nick Dimitri plays um like he's he's playing older than he is. Uh, he's blind, and he is an old man retiring, li- moving to this sad community where it's all old people, and mm-hmm. he hates them all. He's a grumpy old man, uh, and it's it's there's a werewolf in the retirement community, and nobody believes the old people because they're old people, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's a nice reverse of like nobody believes teenagers when they see something amiss. In this case, it's old people because people don't listen to old people. And for from that front, it's really good. It's really fun, and it's funny. Um, all of the just old people stuff, uh, and you have a good cast. You have mm-hmm. Ritania Alda is one of like the like mean girls of the old women. Um, Ethan Embry is Nick Dimitri's son, and Tom Noonan plays a priest. And Tom Noonan is oh, so good. I love it. He is so good in it, just because you you don't quite know what you're getting, but he's. It's like he has some conversations with Nick Dimitri that are just interesting. And it's interesting because you're listening to two people talk about Vietnam. And some, you know, it's it's just not what you get in this kind of movie usually. And the werewolves show up and they're stupid. But I enjoyed this movie enough that the horror aspect, which didn't kind of fell flat for me, didn't mm-hmm. matter because I enjoyed so much of everything else going on. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. That's a good thing, I think. I, I like to think so. Um, so it's a recommend. It's a huge... It would have been my Netflix recommend, except I had a different one. Like, at the last oh, minute, I watched okay. something else. I'm like, ah, this is better. I'll use this instead. Um, I watched... Uh, this is this one, did, disappointingly, did not have werewolves in it. And that would be Hidden Figures. Oh, yeah. No werewolves no in werewolves that, right? No werewolves to be found there. Um, but this was delightful. Uh, you, you've seen this or no? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. It's the kind of movie that um, I'm so glad it exists and that it did well. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized this was really smartly put together in some ways. Where like I feel like this is going to be a school movie. That it's going to be a substitute teacher shows this movie when they need to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. Because I think, um, like, some of the music choices and even the casting choice of casting actors that are very recognizable to, like, young people, I guess, and to use modern music and to kind of move it along, I think it keeps this movie to be really fresh for a young audience today. Yeah. Because on paper, if you told a class of teenagers you're going to watch a movie about mathematicians in in the 1960s, None of that sounds good, but when you say, oh, and Janelle Monae is in it, and it has a soundtrack with by, like, Pharrell Williams, mm-hmm. it really helps. Um, and this was just 
good. Everybody's great in it. Uh, there's a couple of moments that feel very, you know, kind of, uh, here's your Oscar clip, here's your uh, moment that probably didn't really happen the way it did. But you know what? That's okay, because this is a movie about black female mathematicians in 1960s, and it's yeah. really good. Uh, yeah, so I'd recommend people see it if you haven't. Um, rewatched Ghostbusters, the lady edition. Still love it. Mm-hmm. Still find it funny. Still find it empowering. Um, still say, I'm sorry if you didn't like it, but I did, so there. Uh, <laughs> and Sorry, it's, it's like Wonder Woman week now, so now like we're seeing those same conversations come up. Look, yes. But anyway. I'm done. But I'm 100% done. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay, just a few more. Resident Evil colon Retribution. That's the new? No, this is the one, the last one before the new it's one, which I five. have from Netflix, so I'm going to watch the new one soon. This is the so one. So this that, is five. This, this is the one with the, like, the clones and stuff. Yes, the clones. I love this one. And the little girl from Orphan. I yes. really enjoyed this one. Um, This is the one that I had on mute while we recorded a couple of uh, episodes ago, so, and I was seeing bits of it. I'm like, oh, this seems really fun. Why haven't I watched this one? Love that one. It's really fun. Uh, it has a great cast. I love, like, they bring back Michelle Rodriguez and a few other people just because they found a way to. They're like, oh, by the way, there's clones around here. So it's here's Michelle Rod- Rodriguez thing. in two different parts. Great. Yep. Give me Michelle Rodriguez. I'm cool with that. Michelle Rodriguez in a Prius is my favorite fucking thing. <laughs> The other, like, the worry I had, as soon as a little girl shows up, I'm like, oh, crap. No movie should ever insert a child where they don't have to, because I know what's going to happen. You're just going to keep putting her in danger, and so on. But, A, they don't do that, and B, it's the little girl from Orphan. It's so touching, too. I'm such a sucker for these movies. Um, I loved... I, I I honestly didn't even feel like Mila was acting half the time. Like just her maternal instinct yep. with that kid was so genuine. She and is so, so touching. Yeah, she is so enthusiastic about these movies oh, that like so it just good. shows. And it's you know when you like look at let's say James Bond and Daniel Craig in the last one, where the entire <laughs> movie he looks like he just wants to eat a cupcake. Yep. Like, he's so miserable to be there. And then you watch a Resident Evil movie, and it's like, Mila will make these in her sleep. Like, she will die making these movies if she could. Because she's just having fun. Yeah. Um, And I mean, like, sure, they get stupid at times. And uh, I'm not really... Cl- and I still think What's-Her-Name is, ba- is a bad actress. Um, The blonde who's in part two. Is it Sienna that plays G- Jill Valentine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think she's kind of terrible. But I don't care. Like, it ain't... Like, Again, um, this movie's finale is all chicks fighting, and that's badass. Uh, so yeah, I was really happy with this. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I have the last chapter, or whatever it's called mm-hmm. here. I can't remember. Yeah, I have it from Netflix, so I'll watch that soon. But this, Yes, you have to. I, I, I will report back next time we talk. Um, but yeah, this was fun. I recorded this off of Sci-Fi Channel, of all places, and I had a really good time. Uh, okay, two more. One, um, I don't know what year this is from, but probably the late 30s or early 40s. Footlight Parade recorded okay. this from TCM. It is a musical with uh, Jimmy Cagney, which I've never seen a Cagney movie, so this is my first one. Um, 
he's great. You you understand why he was a star because he can sing and dance and be charming. Uh, the movie itself it's about kind of about vaudeville, so it's not my kind of musical. Um, and it's a little racist at times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a musical number about a soldier in love with a Asian woman and like the song is called me love you long time or something like that. Yep, so of course it is it's a little bit cringeworthy at times, but I mean, Cagney's great. So, Hey, there we go. And lastly, I don't remember if I mentioned it last time, but the episode was just released today was the projection booth episode that I'm on covering Woo-hoo. 1984. So I did watch the 1984 film Made in 1984 of 1984, and it's very good. <laughs> I saw that you had posted a link to that already in the Facebook, correct? Yes, so I had. So if you would like to go download Projection Booth, uh, the 1984 episode, I'm there talking about 1984. Uh, it's, it ends up being very depressing because the world we live in fucking sucks right now. But anyway, on that note, uh, let's take a break and come back and talk about movies. Do you want to go chronologically? Sure. All right, we'll be back with Drop Dead Gorgeous. Sets my brain a reeling when I listen to the music of a military band. Every tune like Yankee Doodle simply sets me off my noodle. It's that patriotic something that no one can understand. Way down south in the land of cotton. Melody untiring. It's so inspiring. And that's going some for the Yankees by gum. Red, white, and blue, I am for you. Honest, you're a grand old flag. You're a grand old flag. You're a high-flying flag. And forever in peace may you wave. You're the emblem of the land I love. The home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats true under red, white, and blue. Where there's never a boast or brag. 1999, directed by Michael Patrick Jan, who has primarily worked in television. I think this is his only non-television directing credit. Uh, he's wor- He directed two episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that I've seen him do um, is the sci-fi version of Brave New World. And this is written by Lona Williams, who... Worked a lot in TV on different TV shows, including Drew Carey Show. But I feel it is very important to mention, she also voiced the character of Amber Dempsey in the Simpsons episode where Lisa comes in as a runner-up in a beauty pageant. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, quite fitting. I'm looking I'm looking at um, her IMDb right now, which mm-hmm. I failed to do before, and I am seeing that. Interesting. Yeah, she has an interesting resume, because it's like a lot of assistant work. Um, 
So I guess she just kind of worked in the industry. I think this is her only screenplay, right? Um, she has a story credit on Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, okay. and I immediately want to know what that means. In, in I feel like with movie. a lot of screenwriters, they're basically constantly writing and sending stuff out and, be, and being commissioned to write stuff, and we never see 98% of it. So you can be a working screenwriter and be making a living and have nothing to say, yes, that is my script. Yeah, um, it's it's just it's interesting. I had so many problems with that scout's guide, but so much of it was good. So I, I I like to Yeah. I like to know where the good stuff came from and why some <laughs> of it's so bad. Perhaps it came from Lona Williams. We'll never know unless we can figure it out. But in the next ten minutes I don't think we will. So uh, I had seen this probably in like 2001 or so. I think I rented it. I had not seen it since then, you, which is going back now almost two decades. Uh, had you seen this before? I had never seen it before. No. Okay. Um, I had a vague knowledge of its existence, but yeah. I was not really acquainted with it. I am, a, I am sorry that somebody is blasting Metallica out in front of my house. Oh, I can't hear it. So. Oh, f- well, good. Feel feel very feel very grateful. Well, for I that. feel good about that. Yeah. Um, they don't know what year it is here. Sometimes. Um, I was excited to watch this though after I read the synopsis mm-hmm. and saw what it was about. It seems like a very Christine movie. Are you a beauty pageant fan? Um, I'm fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of them. Yeah, the um, I grew I don't up think watching I've ever a lot of them. Seriously, watched one? Oh, you haven't? You're missing out, girl. Like, I think maybe I've had it on. Like, I've never watched it like for real, but like it might have been on in the background, or like I heard them say like Miss Rhode Island, and I went mm-hmm. like, oh, she's from Rhode yeah. Island. Um, <laughs> so I, um, as much as people want to blast pageants, I will say it had a huge educational benefit for me. Because mm-hmm. when I was little, my sister was really into the Miss USA, Miss Teen USA pageants that used to air. Mm-hmm. This was, I think, before Trump was involved. So, uh, And we had recorded, I think, Miss Teen USA 1986. And my sister and I would watch it a lot. And that was how I learned my states. Because, oh, interesting. Like, she would say the name of the girl and the city, and then I knew the state. So it was how I learned my U.S. geography was via Miss Teen USA 1986. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've always kind of enjoyed them, and I, again, like, they are kind of fascinating. Because there is a, an art and competitive aspect to them, and I think they can Mm -hmm. be beneficial, and I know people who've done them who've kind of spoken about the positives that they do, and they teach you to be, you know, more confident and to be a better speaker and better kind of all-around, I guess, kind of woman in a certain way as far as presentation goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also certainly, you know, a little sexist and probably very outdated and many other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, they are rife for satire and for comedy. So now, why don't you tell the people what Drop Dead Gorgeous is about? Well, it is about a, um, a, a beauty pageant, and it is in a small... Um, town and we it's yeah in Minnesota that's true and it's filmed like a documentary style Um, like someone is documenting the the ladies taking part in this small local pageant so we meet all the the girls um, and 
strange things start happening pretty quick, like some of them die, <laughs> and there's um, awful accidents, and you quickly realize that maybe there is something nefarious going on in this tiny local beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirstie Alley's in it. Kirstie Alley is the is in charge of the beauty pageant. Yes. Uh, and Everybody is in this movie. Every this cast oh my is God. bananas. It is insane. Uh, so you have Kirsten Dunst is kind of your ingenue lead. She's the yeah. like the good girl who really should win. Her mom is Ellen Barkin. Her mom's friend is Allison Janney. They, oh my God, the two of them. Yeah. Done. Like, 100%. Yeah. They could have been the entire fucking movie. I could watch a movie about that. I could watch a TV series about the two of them. How are they so funny? They are good. They are it's really so good. so funny. Oh, boy. Uh, Kirstie Alley's daughter is Denise Richards. Mm-hmm. And now, we all have our thoughts on Denise Richards. The thing about Denise Richards is she can do a certain thing. Yeah. She can play dumb and pretty. And that's what she does here. So she's fine. Yeah. Uh, the dad is, is it, um, what's that actor's name? Sam McMurray, who just always plays the douchey rich dad <laughs> in everything. And that's what he plays here. Um, you have Brittany Murphy, which is always, man, every time I see Brittany Murphy, especially I, young Brittany Murphy, it is heartbreaking. I wanted, it, she made me want to cry in yeah. this. Um, she's so cute yeah. and fun. Her energy is just like, where does it even come from? Yeah. It's this weird... Um, like quirky exuberance that is so much of what she brought to like everything I've ever seen her yep. in and it really fucking bummed me out yep I hear you I'm with you uh, a very young in her first film Amy Adams so young she so was young. very funny in this too yeah and I'll just say my oh and you know who else who I always like and always felt like another actor that I feel like should have a bigger career but does so much in horror that I'm like, oh, no, it's okay, because then she always shows up in horror films. Alexandra Holden. Okay, I know She I plays, now she is the, in this movie, she was last year's beauty queen, who is in the oh, Eating Disorder yep. Clinic. She's in Sugar and Spice, She's too. in Sugar and Spice. She's in yep. um, Lovely Molly. She's the sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. she, she's, she's shown in up in everything. Awesome she was on Friends for a while. Yep. Yeah, she, she, but she's a really good young actor, and again, like, n- never see her in me- much mainstream stuff or kind of comes and goes, but she's really good and she- she's great here. Uh, the So right off the bat, I think when we were talking about black comedies and finding the line, this movie from the very beginning deals with, kind of pokes fun at, or whatever, however you want to say it, uses things like eating disorders and... Um, teenage death and you know guns as humor so mm-hmm. it's easy right off the bat somebody could watch this and within five minutes know this is not for me i'm offended by this to me i think it's really smart in establishing right from the beginning that yeah teenage girls may die in ridiculous accidents and you have to buy into that to accept the world of this movie mm-hmm. um yeah and i do yeah, I am fine with the universe that this movie presents. I do. There is some language that I don't really enjoy. Well, you know, um, yeah. And I think, is it the R word that comes up a lot? Yes. Yeah. Quite a bit. Excessively. Now, it is Sometimes 19... multiple times in the same scene. In the same scene. And <laughs> it's one of those cases, uh, it's 1999, so 
by then it, it people knew not to use the word retarded or retard in a kind of insulting way not as much as 10 years later and so on now the other part to that i guess is this movie is set in minnesota in a small town and i think the characters in the movie i believe that they would use it that way yeah so it kind of doesn't it was one of those things where i'm watching it i'm like okay there's some of the humor isn't working for me because of this but at the same time I'm not angry at this movie for using some of this language because I feel like it's actually right for what the characters would do. Yeah, which is why, I, you know, I'm going to say that I really enjoyed this and I'm glad I watched it, as opposed to it was crass and unfunny and, and, and you know, completely tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it was. I think it was it, very, con- the tone that it struck. Yeah. So it's just, you know, we've got even some old episodes of The Office, like for second season Office, uses stuff that maybe now we shouldn't be saying. Sure. It's just sometimes jarring to hear those things Very again. Much. yeah. And keeping in mind that they were super commonplace, like people would call people on TV, you know, the R word and the shirt shortened version of mm-hmm. it, which I don't appreciate either. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm with you. I, so you forget that that was just vernacular. Yeah. Or, you know? No, it's true, and it it does make it, you know, some of it's a little uncomfortable for that. Um, and, you know, it is, it, it's set in Minnesota, and its characters, it's again, it's one of those tricky lines where it is making fun of its characters, but, yes. oh, like, not, I mean, within them, I think, and take, like, the character of Amber, I think, is a good example it's Kirsten Dunst, and I. she's adorable in this. And, I mean, people are probably up mm-hmm. and down on Kirsten Dunst. I, I've always liked her. I've always thought her to be a very talented young actress. Uh, and I think she she is really good in this, because she is... She gets exactly what she's supposed to be doing. She does have to play it straight, where she is playing the innocent, the absolute innocent, sweet, you know, girl, but she's also kind of ridiculous and over-the-top in... You know, in her voice, in her accent, and in kind some of the mm-hmm. things she says, but I I think it really works. Um, the uh, some of it's uh, the some of the jokes are just easy at the idea of oh here's the guy from Whose Lies It Anyway. I never remember that actor's name. Uh, he's Friar Tuck in Robin Hood Men of Thieves. You know oh. who I mean? Judge number two. Uh, Michael yeah, McShane. Yeah, no, no, I know. I can picture him. Yeah, yeah. it's Michael McShane is um, essentially a big dude in overalls, and he has a slow-witted brother played by Will Sasso. And the humor, at their humor, like, that all just didn't work for me. Yeah. It just felt so kind of lazy, country, look at these kind of dumb rednecks humor. Yeah. Um, and... So that that for me just fell flat. Uh, where some of there's another judge played by Matt Malloy, who's an actor that you've seen in everything, uh, who is essentially the creepy guy uh, who just keeps talking about the young girls and you yes, know, it's, yep. it's uncomfortable. And at first I'm like, oh, this isn't going to work for me. But it actually did because I thought they like found the right line of where to push it where it's creepy mm-hmm. but it's and it, but and it's always there it's always present 
and they learn not to push it and not to take it in the wrong direction. Um, <laughs> and so it's, you know, it, it, to me, it's not a home run of a movie. Uh, I think a lot of it does fall flat for me and a lot of the humor falls flat, but then there's a mm-hmm. lot of other things about it that I really do appreciate. I think yeah, I I think it was for me the I'd say the majority of the humor worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the recurring joke of because it, this is a documentary style, uh, which the, which is fun. I think they have fun with, and it wasn't that common mm-hmm. to do this. I feel like it, the novelty wears off now when you watch it, but I think at the time movies weren't doing this so much, and it does add something to it. Uh, and the kind of constant joke of everybody, whenever they see a camera, they're like, are we on cops? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah. That, that works for me. Um, the dramatic, uh, the, so that where another problem I had is that, and this is just kind of a missed opportunity for me, is you have what, maybe like eight girls in the competition mm-hmm. and they're all introduced and established and they all have different quirks and some some of them are kind of more extreme than others and I feel like there was more potential with them because at a certain point the movie just kind of stops caring about everybody but Kirsten Dunst and maybe Amy Adams I guess and that just seemed like a shame yeah, to it me makes you wonder why so much time was spent yeah. on anybody else like yeah. a couple of the girls look very similar um where they just kind of have similar haircuts. And at a certain point, I really didn't know who was who. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, there's, you know, the one girl who's has Japanese parents, and so she's, like, super American. And then yeah. you have another girl who's big on sign language and another girl who's obsessed with dogs. But they all kind of have the same look. Mm-hmm. And I completely, I got very confused at who was who. And then the movie kind of said it didn't matter. It, it, yes, it effectively did. It, yeah. it either stopped paying attention to or dispatched all these people. And I think it's a shame just because there there was more potential there. Uh, and there's even the moment where uh, Amber has kind of been sabotaged the whole way by Denise Richards. But at the last minute, kind of Brittany Murphy uh, and the girls like rally around her and help her. But we didn't really get any of their... Um, interaction with each other so it mm-hmm. works because Brittany Murphy's adorable and we've established that Amber is this really sweet character so I totally believe that she would give up her chance for um, Kirsten Dunst but that's more performance than I think the movie uh, doing that on its own I think mm-hmm. it works but it almost shouldn't have I guess yeah I think the the sometimes the cast really elevates this to to a level that I mean it could have been real real bad Absolutely. I think yeah I think that and I think it's it's the cast and and the just how charismatic so many of the people in this movie are that mm-hmm. keep that from happening because I mean you you speak about you know that issues with that with the story. Okay, phew, let me know if it happens again. <laughs> Don't robot on me. Um, Don't robot on me! Okay, continue. Oh, um, I'm here. Okay. Um, also, I was... So, I agree with you that sometimes the story didn't inform what why characters were doing things. We just had to trust that that's what the characters would do. I also had a problem with... 
I think the pacing of the movie and the way it was segmented, I didn't really understand like where I was in the journey mm-hmm. ever. If that makes sense, like, no, I'd, it, I'd I just, agree. Like, I, I don't know. Considering I don't it was know a, if that's a big complaint. No, but. and I think it's one of those. That, looking at it now, um, it, like it was made as a documentary, so it would have been really easy because it does use like title cards to say, you know, finals or you know, so and so. It could have done that more, and it probably should have, just because it would have helped. Kind of. You know, you're right. It's. I wonder, especially since it is a document, quote unquote, documentary style. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if there was a lot of improv. I wonder if there was a lot of deleted scenes. I imagine there was. Yeah. It feels like there was. The DVD. I have this on DVD. It's one of. It's Brandon's DVD, and it's old. The DVD. Um, the box actually has instructions on how to remove the DVD. It says, like, press the middle <laughs> button and don't touch the DVD. And it gives mm-hmm. instructions on how to access the movie. It's like, when the movie comes up, a menu will come up and hit play. Hit play. So there's no deleted scenes. There's no extras or anything like that. Um, but so that's kind of frustrating because I would love a commentary. I would love to learn what what was there. Uh, just by nature of it, it does feel like this, you know, originally was much longer. Um, mm-hmm. and as far like I have no idea if it was if any of it was improvised, it feels like it does, but that may just be because the actors like like we're saying were so good that they could sell that well. That's it's yeah. pretty believable when they're talking to the camera that they are regular people talking to the camera. Hmm. Um. The uh. <laughs> The Soylent Green, the girl who is an actor, yes. and her monologue is Soylent Green is pretty amazing. Uh, and again, just kind of, maybe they could have dropped one of the girls and had, so that the, the all of them could have had more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I really would love, this is like one of those cases where I would love to read the original screenplay. Yeah, you say that, drop one of them so that they could have had more time. But the way that the movie then progresses, it almost feels like it was never any of their stories anyways. So what would any of the point have been? That that is an excellent point. Yeah. But I don't disagree with you. uh, Honestly, I guess I wish it would have just been the competition. Mm Mm-hmm. And not so much of, of what happened after. So we could have spent time with these interesting characters and see how it played out for them. Yeah. Because it also where it ends up going, first of all, feels a little bit like the Simpsons episode. <laughs> Which yeah. I was worried because I, I didn't quite remember um, what happened. But I remembered somehow um, stuff happens to where the first runner-up ends up taking the crown, much like the Simpsons episode. And I'm like, oh my god, is there going to be a lightning storm again? And there's not, <laughs> thankfully. But still, it's like really close. Uh, and it, it does. It kind of, I think, does lose momentum a bit when it keeps going. In part, and I think where I really have the problem is that the the finale of this movie does give us a sort of where are they now? Mm-hmm. Which would be fine if it did everybody? Or if it only did the main people at that point. But it's very odd because what it does, it gives you where Amber is, which makes perfect sense because it's her movie. Yeah. Uh, it gives you where Kirstie Alley is. It gives you the one of the judges. 
and it gives you Amy Adams's character. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it's so, such an odd choice. And because you have, A, you have other judges, you have other girls in there. Um, but why give them if you're not giving everybody? It's, it, that's like where I think if I could ask one question to the director or writer about this film, that would be my question. Because it just yeah. feels so uneven to where, okay, but what about Brittany Murphy's character? What about Soiling Green Girl? It's so, it's, it's like really frustrating how um, just some of the decisions, I guess, are. I get, I get what you're saying. It lacks focus. And yeah. It is, and it's, it's presenting kind of like a slice of life, but it follows certain people in for a length of time that I don't necessarily understand, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all that being said, though, I, I did like it. Yeah. It's um, fun. It is funny. A little bit more than I expected to, to be honest. Oh, that's good. I'm, that makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, I, it was fun and, and goofy and stuff. Yeah, and I think like, everybody is committed. Yeah. Uh, and some of the overtop jokes, I think most of the conceptual over-the-top stuff works really well. Denise yeah. Richards serenading a stuffed Jesus on a cross. So funny. He's really funny. That works it re- well. It really worked. That really worked well for me. I, I was surprised at how many of the jokes landed. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because, because of, you know, the time period, but also because of the potential. Like, there were some landmines there. And yeah. I didn't expect to think it was as funny as I did. And that's the thing, even when it kind of steps in them, I think, I think because the cast is so good Mm -hmm. that they keep, like, you're not going to turn away. Like, uh, there's a joke about um, Kirsten Dunst saying, like, oh, yeah, she doesn't know her dad because he's a carny. And, yeah, my mom still gets, you know, starts to cry every time she sees a fat lady in a tube top. It's a stupid Mm -hmm. joke. The joke isn't funny. But Kirsten Dunst is so perfect at delivering it yeah. that it works. Um, I don't remember where we were, and I'm bad at <laughs> editing on my new computer, but you were saying... I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I finally watched it. I don't think it's for me in the in the same category as like a, a Jawbreaker or a Sugar and Spice, mm-hmm. but it is definitely... You know, in the same family, and yeah. I enjoyed it for that. And that is, I think, a it's it's a good uh, good movies to name it with, because mm-hmm. um, it is it's a certain kind of a dark sort of like female powered humor mm-hmm. that that is I really like watching. Like it's it's the kind of movie I really like where I know there is a female voice behind it. It's written by a woman, um, and it. It does kind of, it is about women that are very different from me, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, you know, the more I think about it, that's something that I, I didn't think until now. It's very much, all the main characters are female, and the men are all kind of idiots. Yep. Uh, there is one spark of a love interest who is then shot in the face, presumably by Denise Richards. Mm-hmm. And... Like there's something about that that I really appreciate with this movie too, because it would have been very easy to insert a love interest or to have some more men 
and it it doesn't and not in a um like blatant way it just feels like very much this is uh, these are women's stories that it wants to tell yeah um and there and you get kind of you know a broad stroke with the male characters there's the the female characters are definitely interesting and mm-hmm. and have more depth and uh, more character yeah really. and all seem to have a lot more power too yeah uh when you look at the men you have kirstie alley's husband who is you know just an asshole but also clearly does not run things at home um you have and you have the judges who are all kind of idiots or um men who are easily swayed by women Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just a nice thing that I, I didn't even realize while watching it because I think it's not doing it in a way that's blatantly trying to say men don't matter here. It just by the time you finish it and kind of look back, you're like, yeah, that's that's refreshing that it was, yeah. you know, a story about a bunch of very different women, um, all with very different motivations, too. And like. Kurt, like you can look at um, another movie you could obviously pair this with is Miss Congeniality, mm-hmm. which is another movie that I love that I think is really sweet and is very funny. And there's certainly um, similarities as far as Kirstie Alley's character to can't uh, what's her name? I was going to say Murphy Brown, <laughs> Murphy Brown's character in that one. Now, now all I can think of is Candace Bergman. I don't know what. Oh no, I that's that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you said Candace that's... Bergman. I was first going to say Candace Cameron. I knew that was wrong. And then, I was, <laughs> then I'm just like, I'll just go with Murphy Brown because that's who she is. So I inadvertently knew what you were talking you about. You did. Well done. Did, yeah. didn't even realize yeah. it. Good for me. Like, they both have similar motivations, I think, and are similar women. But it's not... But, like, Kirstie Alley doesn't feel like a caricature. She feels like a, um, you know, PTA mom given too much power and who... Mm you know this is the thing that she has invested all of her like care and life into and god help you if you get in her way with it uh so yeah it's it's fun it's a fun one it is it really is yeah uh all right do you have more to say or should we go ahead and rate it um let me think if i covered everything Yeah, I think for me the real standout, um, Kirsten Dunst was really sweet and mm-hmm. funny She's and earnest. Yeah. And then I just loved everything with Allison Janney and Ellen Barkin. Mm-hmm. I just thought Ellen Barkin was fantastic. So I mean, for me, those are reasons alone to yeah. watch this if you never have seen it. Um, if you even if you're not into the other stuff that's happening around these characters, like they're really compelling and and, and fun to watch. And and I don't know how they do it. But it's very clear that in the hands of a lesser actress, Ellen Barkin's character could have been insufferable. She could have just yes. been such a because she is a stereotype. She is, you know, lives in a trailer, does hair, drinks a beer all the time, you know, can't go ten minutes without a cigarette. But she is more than that in this movie. That you know, she is a mom and she loves her daughter and. Even as the as the movie kind of puts her in a certain place, she is still, uh, you know, she feels like a person in that, and it's it's really, I think, remarkable in some ways to see how some of the actors do uh, find this thing to hold on to, where they're all totally believable and watchable as people, even if they are 
inhabiting these like ridiculous over the top stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um this movie also has an ice castles reference. The girl who does sign language does her interpretive song to yep. Through the Eyes of Love. Yep. So again, like there's a lot of like bonus points this movie earns from random places from me. Um and you know, I'm gonna get something my husband said, because so Brannon often doesn't like uh, like he does he doesn't like mean girls, he didn't like clueless. I didn't mm-hmm. like he couldn't get through Heathers. He gave after about twenty minutes, he's like, I can't watch this. So I was really surprised when he told me he liked this movie because it just did not to me it like falls in that kind of Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but he he enjoys it. And he said something that I found interesting. Now, I have never been a family guy fan, but I understand some of the gags are good and so on. Uh and he he said about this movie, he's like, it feels like when Family Guy was really good, like back in like the early years it was like this kind of universe. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of, so I thought that was interesting that it's sort that of is, this, yeah, like line of black comedy and kind of broad characters. But it, if, if it's done right, it can really work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And again, I don't think all of it's done right, but I think a lot of it is. And I think like ultimately it works. Yeah. Enough of it was done right for mm-hmm. me to, exactly. to be like, okay, this was successful. Yeah. Uh, so, quality of film. Six point five. Oh, six point five and six point two five. There we go. See, I wanted to say it at the same time so people couldn't accuse us of like being influenced that, by one another. That was pretty close. I know. I know. I was, I was leaning towards six, and then I, you started saying, S-, so I knew you were probably doing it too, but still. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And quality of life. Um, six point seven five. Yeah, I'll go seven. Maybe seven. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna go with a solid seven because I enjoy it. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, as far as I know, it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, I don't know about the main availability. Like I said, the DVD we have is pretty bare bones. I would. I, this is one that I would probably get a special edition of because I'd be curious to hear what I could as far as what the screenwriter has to say, what the director has to say. The screenwriter also is in the movie. She plays the third judge. Mm-hmm. I did see that when and, I was looking at her. Interview. And I mean, I don't even know if she has a line in the movie, but she's really funny. Just her kind of facial expressions. Just being I thought, there. Yeah, that's I th- true. I thought like she was, I was surprised that I haven't seen her do more because I think she's actually great in that silent part. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is a recommend from us. Yes, Definitely. And now we'll take a quick break and come back and talk about 2015-16's The Bronze. Baby cried the day the circus came to town Cause she didn't like parades just passing by her So she painted on a smile and took up with some clown And she danced without a knit upon the wire I know a lot about her Cause you see Baby is an awful lot Like me We don't cry out loud We keep it inside Learn how to hide our feelings Fly high and proud And if you should fall Remember you almost 
Rouch and her husband, I believe, William Rouch, uh, starring Melissa Rouch, mm-hmm. Ruche. I don't know how you say her name. I like I think saying you're Rouch. saying it. I think you're saying it right. You know, I'm saying it the way I want to, and I, and therefore to that's, me, I'm and right. that you know what, that's what matters. Exactly, the bronze. So tell me what the bronze is about. Okay, well, the bronze is about a um, former um, Olympic gymnastic medal having lady who. <laughs> <laughs> who um, is pretty much stunted and not a great person because of some interaction that was alluded to with her former coach, but she's not now not a very good person. And she gets put into a situation where she believes she will inherit a great sum of money if she continues to train her former coach's new Olympic hopeful gymnastic person. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they're so called many... gymnasts. No, I think they're called gymnastic people. That, you know what? You're probably right about that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I, I mean, you know, hilarity ensues, right? <laughs> so this movie was a Sundance, really. It came out at Sundance and ha- and like was really well received there and had a big bidding war, I believe. It got picked up and released in theaters, which was probably not the right way to release this movie. Uh, it is has a not-so-prestigious record as being somewhere in the top five or bottom five as far as wide releases that made the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, alongside such classics as Delgo and the Oogie Loves Big Balloon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, now... I don't quite know why this did so poorly. If it just, I don't remember it being advertised. I don't know who they decided to market it to. It's, it was in our theater for two days. For two days. It is and then it got pulled. Clearly the kind of movie that should have been an on-demand or Netflix release. It just, it's, I mean, it is a really dark black comedy about a gymnast with no... It, I mean, the, like, there's recognizable people in the cast. Gary Cole plays her dad. But this is not a movie that was going to have a big opening weekend if you put it out in a movie theater, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, produced by the Duplasses. Yes, saw that. Um, and like you said, it's about a horrible, horrible young woman. Yes. Who is unapologetically terrible. Yes. Um, and Melissa Rauch plays her. Yes. And man, does she give it her all. Yes. Um, she is not likable, and she is an unflinchingly bad person, mm-hmm. but I think that I have a lot of opinions about this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious. I'm, I'm super irritated that it's gotten the kind of reviews it's gotten, mm-hmm. because I think they're, they're completely uncalled for, and a lot of the criticism of this movie is wholly unfounded. Um, it is... Why do we have to have a million movies about dudes who can't get it together mm-hmm. or jerk dudes whose like mom dies and then they realize they need to come back home and be mm-hmm. nice to their brother or something? Like why why do we have to be inundated with that swill? But you get a movie about like a shitty girl who's clearly a good person, maybe not to her dad, but like she's still like there's still shades of it there. She's still like like an interesting dynamic character and I and who you're not like 
you're not blown away when they make a change because it's always been there. Like mm-hmm. you could see that that was cap that person was capable of that. I, I don't get it. I don't fucking get why you would you would criticize this movie. Maybe it was a little predictable, but geez, what movie isn't? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Doomsday, movie? if you want to look at it a certain well, way. That's, that's true. Well, like, but it's that genre. It's that like hey, guys can't get it together, yeah. or I'm a stunted. And Nick Kroll had a movie like that, where like I'm just a, I'm just a man child, and I have to go back and live with my sister. Like, why am I? Why should I be okay with that over and over and over mm-hmm. again? Yeah, I'm so, uh, this is a relief. So you, you liked it. Oh, I loved it. Yay! I was so worried because the way you were hinting at things, I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, no, I I think Christine Weather hated it. No, I loved it. I loved it. And, good. you know, similarly to Drop Dead Gorgeous, there's some stuff in there that is, is tough for me to find humor in. Sure. But I think that it was handled really well in this. Also, the the there there is a sex scene. Oh my god, that is the best sex scene in a comedy. It, I thought I started out and I was like, I'm gonna hate this. I'm not gonna be able to look at the screen yep. during this because I don't like it when people make sex funny. It's just a personal thing. Um, and a lot of the times when like, you know, it, it's it's done in a way that I don't really respond to. Um, I don't like when people use male bodies as jokes. But okay. this was just so like even and yep. like all in kind of thing like i 100 percent. it is 100%, probably yeah. the most ridiculous sex scene i've ever seen in a movie but it was unrelenting with it which i exactly. think was the best thing it keeps like, going it makes sense because it's um we won't give all the details but it's sex with two g- olympic gymnasts it's and that's what makes it funny because yeah. That's like what a, a deluded idiot would think that sex with a gymnast yep. would be. There's like that Seinfeld joke about, you know, sleeping with a gymnast. And, and he was just like, it was just regular. And she <laughs> she then says like, and I, there's this thing in my country about sleeping with a comedian. It's supposed to be amazing. <laughs> but it was like, it's just this stupid asinine yeah. thing that somebody might think. So for that reason alone, it was really funny. And the, I mean, there's, I won't call him the villain because, I mean, in many ways, she's sort of the villain. Yeah. But the, I mean, it's the character that she has sex with, I think is also great because he is sort of the male version of her to an extent. (laughs) But you see why, you know, why there's differences. And part of it is, you know, he is actually a gold medalist and there's a lot of pent up bitterness there because he was a gold medalist and she wasn't, but yet she got all the attention for different Mm -hmm. reasons. Um, but that, that's exactly who he would be. He would mm-hmm. have a tat, the tattoo, his tattoo. I won't give it away. It's very funny. He has the, the, there is a sight gag of his tattoo and it is brilliant and it had and me cackling. If you don't know, it should be mentioned that this character is played by Sebastian Stan, who is Bucky and right. the Winter oh my Soldier. God. And I did not realize that at all watching this so, movie. So it's extra funny because I feel like I don't often get to see Sebastian Stan actually show any type of range. And I thought he yeah. was really funny and shitty in this. He's too. great in this. I think everybody is. Um, so and I Thomas, mean, Thomas Middleditch is twitchy. Oh, he's but, fantastic. Well, yeah, he's. I, I guess he's on Silicon Valley. I would. I would stand in the middle of traffic for Thomas Middleditch. I think he is the most handsome, charming, funny person. <laughs> he was in that Final Girls movie, too. Did oh, which you I haven't seen yet. That? Ah, you didn't see it. I know, I know. He's I in that, Well, he's, he's great, because what they do with his character is, and I mean, every one of, like, any movie like this has that character, the sort of, 
the sweet love interest that, you know, you assume eventually the lead will end up with. And I mean, his, she calls him twitchy. He has a twitch. (laughs) It should. And that's like the perfect example of something that kind of shouldn't be funny, but the movie understands how to use it where it is funny. And there's a great moment where like, he he does something and he's like that wasn't my, this he's like no 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 that wasn't my twitch and then immediately he does he's like that was my twitch and it's really funny it's really funny he he does a really good job with it that character is is it becomes some someone really like you feel sympathetic but you don't feel pity and for. it's this yeah and it's the perfect pairing for her because he is so innocent and genuinely nice and you you don't quite get that with a male character the way this movie does, but it's perfect because it does, it kind of, like, pairs with her in a way that she is so suspicious of, and you're with her and being suspicious of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's not that she becomes a nicer person immediately because of him, but you do see why there's certain things that she takes seriously all of a sudden because of the way he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Melissa Rauch is, this is her movie. She co-wrote it. She, I think is a producer on it and she is uh, giving 110% in this movie. Yeah. And she is great. Now I don't watch the Big Bang Theory. I guess that's what she's mostly known for. Apparently that's what she's from. So I, I have no idea. I don't know who she plays on that. If she's, you know, giving the, uh, who is it? Is it, um, who called it, uh, what's the minstrel, nerd minstrel show is what oh, some people call Big Bang yeah. Theory. Um, so I have no relationship to her, her outside of this movie, but my God, I will stand in traffic for her for this movie. Yeah, she's, she's so, so good. So good. Um, I mean, she's also nailing this kind of Midwestern accent. I have no idea how authentic it is. The same thing I would say about Drop Dead Gorgeous, but she, I mean, she never lets go of it. And it makes everything a little funnier, but it's also because she's committed to it the entire time. So it's, you know, it's just the way she talks and it stops being funny on its own and it just works with what she is saying. Yeah. And she is unapologetically terrible. And that's what makes it fine because there's just no line for it and it works. Um, Then Mm -hmm. when you give her... Everybody around her then also plays off her great. You have Gary Cole plays her ridiculously nice dad who knows he did things wrong by not being hard enough on her. Uh, but it's Gary Cole, so he's so great. Um, he's he's really funny in, yeah. in it as well. Um, um, and really likable. Yep. And... Uh, and her. so her protege is forget the character's name but it's um the actress is Haley Lou Richardson who I who was in Split she was kind of the more popular girl oh was she yep yeah she's like oh, the girl's birthday party it is yeah I didn't even realize yeah. that that talk about insanely likable yeah that girl she's so was good. like off the charts adorable and likable I had seen her in an independent film wonder if I could find it quickly I watched oh it was, yeah it was called um the last survivors I watched it maybe a year and a half ago on Netflix instant it's a post-apocalyptic like low-budget movie 
And I randomly watched it because it was a post-apocalyptic movie. And she's the lead in it. And she plays, like, you know, this 16-year-old survivor who's, you know, stuck in, like, the dying world and is, like, keeping herself alive. And I remember watching that and being like, this this girl has it. Like, she is great in this. She has a great presence. Mm -hmm. She's believable. Um, I bet she's going to go on to good things. And, like, she, like, shows it again here. Like, she is a really talented likable young actress and i i mm-hmm. wish her well because i think she has it um, yeah she she was a real treat to yeah watch. and she's adorable and she plays the most innocent ridiculous you know um opposite to uh melissa roush in this movie uh it's so it's it's a good cast it's a really good cast um and it's uh it is dark, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reaches a certain point where it kind of, I guess, maybe pulls back. I feel like this this could have gone down a very dark path. And I couldn't decide if I wanted it to or not. Yeah. Like, th- there are certain things that happen where I started to... I, I could see how this movie could go down. Like, every... Especially once it hits, like, maybe it's, like, third act. There's a lot of decisions that kind of could have gone down a different road. hmm And I can't decide if it would have been... I feel like maybe overall the movie would have been better for it if it did. But it would have left me feeling really depressed. Yeah, I kind of was... I, I know exactly what you're saying, I think. And I thought that, too. It ended much more positively and less cynically than I expected it yeah. to. Yeah. And it's not not to say it's the most happiest ending of all time, because it certainly isn't. Like, it makes a point about some um, things not being quite what, what you might want them to be. Mm-hmm. But the way this movie starts, I really thought it was going to end um, darkly. And, again, it's like, I've... I don't know if you felt this way, too. Like, lately I want happy endings with all things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just read two novels and they were both horror novels and I got to a certain point I'm like oh I don't know if I want to finish this because I'm really concerned it's going to end in a way where these characters die yeah and I don't know I don't know if it's the state of the world or if I'm just getting older and softer in my old age but I I, I am not satisfied now with those bleak endings even when I know they serve the material better <laughs> yeah no I get that yeah so I was I was happy with this for that maybe it's a combo of everything possibly yeah uh a movie that i saw this compared to and i do agree is that when we're talking about this you know kind of horrific protagonist being female um Mm -hmm. another movie you could pair this with would be young adult yeah i could see that one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm, exactly i think it, it does similar things in that it kind of just it tells you the main character of your movie this is who she is and we're not going to soften her for you and you're going to have to get behind her for the movie but that doesn't mean you have to like her um mm-hmm. and it does it unapologetically and it, it's you know it's really smart about how it does it the there's a lot of just like weird things about this movie that i found very charming uh that hope would be obsessed with Av- avril lavigne mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's really funny. Like, she just keeps bringing her up. And when, you know, when she has um, 
uh, the young girl do all these routines, it's to Avril Lavigne songs. And it, it makes sense for the character just because it's, well, because she was kind of stunted in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means it's just amusing because it's funny to hear a character keep saying Avril Lavigne in a Minnesotan accent or yeah, Ohioan. It, her character was really, was really fun and, and interesting. And there were like cute little nuances to mm-hmm. this you know, terrible terrible person yeah (laughs) and and like yeah kind of to echo what you said like there was a point in it where where you're like okay this is gonna go one of two ways and I was kind of relieved when it went the kinder way right like I almost don't feel like I have it in me yeah because there is a moment um that could have been real (laughs) you know the moment I'm talking about and I, I thought it was at first, and it would have really taken this movie to a dark, dark place. And it, it again, like in this alternate universe, that makes sense and would have been probably funnier and ultimately more fitting. Yeah. But I, re- as much as Hope is an awful person, I loved her because I loved watching her. So even if she had made that choice, I think weirdly I still would have been with her. Um, it just would have disappointed me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is a, just a shame that this was received the way it was, and I think a lot of that has to do with why would you think this could just be put out in a cineplex and somebody would go see it and know what they were seeing? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, that's a good point. I I didn't go and see it the the weekend it opened, f- like for a reason. Like it, but it was on my radar. But I, I guess I just couldn't make it. And we were gonna go during the week, and then it was gone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, weird. Okay. And it's it. I mean, it's just a movie that has that would have worked better with word of mouth. It would have worked better with, you know, as a small release let I mean I I guess critically I don't know how well it was received that way either um but it just it's the kind of and this is true of a lot of these kind of darker comedies that it it sort of takes that conversation going for people to say no give this movie a chance Mm -hmm. and it it is a shame because it's what I hope is that I hope um it didn't hurt uh, Melissa Rauch's career like I, I yeah. hope that enough people saw it to say I'm going to cast her in this, or or enough for her to say I still want to write. I still want to write. You know, me and my husband can write a good screenplay because it's it's clever and it's different. And I think the direction I think is also very good as far as I think it's filmed somewhere in Ohio, and it looks like it. I mean, it's it's you know you're set in malls half the time, and they're very mm-hmm. kind of sad malls, and that works. And it takes a certain touch to, I think, communicate that correctly. Um, like, Sabaro is a major place in this world, and it yeah. works really well as that. Yeah, there was something I noticed, too, and I'm going to mention it here before I forget. Um, Zach pointed it out first. The the way that, like, the, the film is shot before they get to the actual, like, competition stuff okay. is completely different than the way it's shot when they're there there's like a lot of interesting polish and flourish to it yeah that's a good point and it was really like 
pretty and deliberate once you realized it. And I don't know, this movie's got a lot more going on than I think people were originally ready to give yeah. credit for. Yeah, because it is, when it is set in Ohio and, you know, the, the gym is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And again, like, her main enjoyment of the day is going to the mall and getting, you know, free food at Sabaro because she's still a celebrity there. Yeah. Uh, to then going to the Olympics where it is the Olympics and it looks like the Olympics, mm-hmm. which I think also helps the movie a lot because then it, it doesn't feel cheap. It, it's clearly intentional that you know, these scenes are cheap because this is the world they live in, but that the movie kind of had, has the ability to not do that. If that's not what it's, what it's doing, it makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, you're, you're right. There is more to it. I think even in the filming and this was a low budget. It was filmed apparently in like 22 days, but it's smart. It is a smartly made movie. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I'm really glad. I was concerned. No, I liked it. Yeah, because I could see people hating this, and I would understand it. Like, if if you are not accepting of her, and I won't say if you don't like her, because that's not it. If you are not, like, taken in by this character, this movie is going to be painful for mm-hmm. much of its running time. Because, I mean, you're introduced to her as she watches her Olympic performance, and she's masturbating. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you meet this character. And that is such a deliberate, tells you so much that you need to know about her from that one introduction. And there are people that are going to see that and instantly be like, oh, no. But yeah. but um, this is, uh-huh. yeah. But it, it is good. And she is fantastic in it. Um, and I, again, really hope that this movie kind of does get found as the years go by as a sort of, you know, which happens to a lot of these kinds of movies, um, you know, that they get their life later on after uh, whatever expectation has died down. But this mm-hmm. this is one that deserves to be given a chance, definitely. I'm, I agree 100%. I will recommend this to anybody who's willing to listen. Good, good. Uh, did you enjoy the rap over the end credits? I did not. <laughs> oh, I did. But, I'm an idiot. That's why. Um, I don't usually ever like anything like that ever, though. Yeah, it's it it, it goes there. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. All right. Do you have more to say about the bronze? I don't think I do. I'm just still like we were kind of glancing over reviews. I knew this had gotten reviewed poorly. I knew that it had gotten pulled really quick. Um, I knew that it didn't go over well, but I had seen a trailer for it and I thought it looked good. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like, was this really bad? And I didn't, and I didn't pick out, like I didn't get that in the trailer. Um, so it had always kind of been something I wanted to see, but I was kind of hesitant because of how poorly it was received. I don't get it. I want somebody yep. to explain to me how it's not a double standard to celebrate, um, Scrubs. Garden State. Yeah, Scrubs guy movies, but like this is is a no go. This is not this is the this is the one we put our foot down mm-hmm. for. Like, come on. Nah. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of other good male or not good, but other like male counterpart movies to this of um, you, you mentioned the Kroll one. To me, Garden State is definitely an example yeah. of it. And then he made that other one. 
Oh, the one, the kickstarted one? Yeah, Wish I Was Here, or I think that's what it's called, something like that. But, I mean, if I really sat and thought about it, like, the stunted man-child who has to go back mm-hmm. and figure out how to be an adult because now the world needs him or something. Yeah. Like, we're not they, short it, on those. It's en- endless amounts, yep. if I actually sat and thought about it. And they're kind of crappy a lot of the times. Yeah. And, you know, and this one gives you that setup but is so clever and committed to it mm-hmm. uh it's it's really it is a shame that this movie just wasn't given a chance yeah and again you have to know what you're getting going into this like it is not i mean it's not a movie for kids it's not a girly gymnastics movie like it is a pretty dark comedy about a stunted mm-hmm. woman child and it's really funny if you give it a chance it is yeah and really well done all around so oi oi well i'm glad we gave it a chance i'm glad we did too i'm glad i watched it we're just better than 98 percent of the movie going public it's true we can't help it it's true we are fantastic uh all right so quality of film 7.5 i was gonna go 7.25 yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's it i think achieves what it's doing and again i almost feel like i would have gone higher if it went down a darker path but then my next grade would have been lower so yeah quality of life 8.5 yeah i'm gonna go eight this is solid i will watch it again if this shows up yeah. i will watch it when this if and when this shows up on you know streaming anywhere it will be my streaming recommend so there yeah i i liked it a lot i hope that it does kind of find an audience yeah, it deserves one. posthumously yep. i guess i mean uh, i mean it it gorgeous does. did not do well in the theaters eventually found something of a cult let mm-hmm. this be the next drop dead gorgeous but with a bigger cult perhaps uh, i just yeah I, I can't help but feel bitter because it does seem like there's a bit of a double sta- double mm-hmm. standard applied to the reviews of this movie but that's whatever i mean why would we be surprised about that exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right thanks for picking it I'm glad I did. Thank, thank me too. I am gonna thank me. You're yeah, welcome. Thank ah. <laughs> All right. So that was the bronze again. I don't think it's streaming, but the DVD is out there. Um, <laughs> I got my DVD from Netflix. I'm sure you can too, or get it from the library, or buy it if you so desire. Yeah. Uh, now, do you have a streaming recommend? I do. It's a Netflix streaming Go recommend. Going old school with the Netflix. As am I. Uh, my my recommend is um, for a movie called Beyond the Gates. Yay! I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I'm really excited about it because I, it's it's got our friends in it. Yes, I would like your opinion. Mm-hmm. While it was not a perfect film for me, and I did have some things that didn't play well, I will say that the idea... Yep, was really cool, and that it was um, the characters were really fun, and the humor was good, um, and I liked it a lot more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been excited to see it for a long time, uh, yeah, because we have uh, good good friend of on the internet and such. Steven Scarlatta was a co writer of it, right? Yep, yep. So there's that, which is very exciting. Uh, I went to college with one of the stars of it, Graham Skipper. Which one? Graham Skipper. He's one of the brothers. I don't know which one because I haven't seen it. Um, oh, he's cute. Yeah, the other the other dude is from um, John Dies at the End. 
Okay, yeah, uh, Graham was also in the Alien movie that I forgot the title of, Almost Human, I think. Um, and he he was a year younger than me. He went to Fordham as well and was always great, was always a great actor there and a really good guy. Um, so I've been very excited to see him do well in the world. That makes me yeah, warms my heart. Yeah, you should totally watch so it. I'm very happy um, for him. And yeah, and Brandon was a big fan of like those VHS games mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, so I've been meaning to watch it with him one of these days. So yeah, I will um, hopefully watch it by the time we next record. I definitely would like to hear your opinion. Mm-hmm. And Barbara Crampton is in it. And we love her. Oh, she's just... She's glorious. Really used well. Oh, good, good, good. In it, so... Awesome. Uh, okay, I will report back when I watch it. Yay! My Netflix... This is also a Netflix pick. Is... I think it's the movie that I thought when people recommended Late Phases, I think they actually recommended this one to me. And this is Last Shift. Oh, that movie. Um, Jason likes this yes, movie, I think. Yes, and I think yeah. I remember him recommending it. And like at the time, this and Late Phases showed up right next to each other. And I just put both of them on my queue because I didn't know which one. Um, but this is good. It is a independent, very small little horror film mm-hmm. about a rookie cop who has to spend the night watching over a police station that's go- that's closed that is going to be out of service soon and crazy shit starts happening involving a sort of Charles Manson-esque cult it oh, is um yeah it's really it's well made the lead actress is great and you're re- like you're with her watching it uh some of the imageries and the scares are really well done uh just a solid little you know brief 90 minute horror film so my, my mom likes it quite a bit too i feel like this would be a movie for your mom yeah 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 she, she's tried to get me to watch it a couple of times okay well as in many cases before i will join your mom in trying to get you to watch a movie okay well yeah i may i might actually watch it now that's got your now that seal of approval it's you see if your mom recommended it you'd maybe watch it if i recommended it maybe you'd watch it but when we team together when your powers gotcha. combine yes yeah. all right so now i picked these movies do you so it's your choice for next episode anything on your mind i have no idea all right well, i need to think about you're it gonna think about it we will tell everybody on facebook what those picks will be uh and at some point we will come back and record them yay that's how we do things around here so in the meantime folks enjoy the nice weather and go seek out the bronze goodbye So cozy at home, wondering while I wonder why did I fly? Why did I roam? Oh, why, oh, why, oh, did I leave Ohio? Maybe I'd better go home. Oh, Man.
listen, Eileen. Ohio was stifling. We just couldn't wait to get out of that place. With Mom saying, what, Ruth, no date for this evening? Then Pop with Eileen do be home, dear, by ten. Ah. Uh. <laughs> those gossipy neighbors and everyone yapping who's going with whom. Oh, dating those drips that I've known since I'm four. The Kiwanis Club dance. On the basketball floor. Cousin Maud with her lectures on scene. What a bore. Hazel Black. Cousin Man. Ezra Nye. Hannah Fan. Just hopeless. Babbitt. Stuffy. Provincial. 